Okay, so after we have our um, sharing celebrations and just checking in, we're going to have a, uh, about an 11-minute clip of Dave talking about marketing. Um, and for some reason, the entire segment did not record, but there's the meat of it, and there's a little bit of the, um, the class from the video talking, and some of that got cut off. But anyway... And then we'll talk about that and talk about if that brought up any um, thoughts or ideas for you. And this is going to be kind of our marketing day today. So then in the group, we're going to um, do kind of, you know, kind of, we've talked about this before, what Dave recommends, and of course he'll talk about it more in 11 minutes, but, uh, you know, having a great life and then sharing that with other people and telling other people enthusiastically what you're up to and um, as a way of enrolling them. So we're going to practice doing that with each other in a group and then have a pause for just a minute and that'll be a chance for you to think about did, is there something else you want to add in? Is there something you maybe would rather not have said? Is there something you've got an idea from what someone else said that you'd like to have? And then we'll do it again and then have a chance to talk about that. And then, uh, <laughs> this is a fun one, Hair exercise of telling your partner a little bit more in detail about coaching and invite them to work with you and tell them that it costs $1,000 a month. And the idea is to, to practice that, that you're probably not going to start with that, but just to get, um, to have that experience about what that's like, feeling confident and, you know, with a straight face to tell someone this is what I offer, and I'd really like to work with you, and it's $1,000 a month. Right. <coughs> um, then we've got another group exercise, <coughs> kind of barraging each other with questions. And it's kind of a dual purpose um, to think about what, how you might answer some of those questions and also to deal with somebody who's just got a million questions. We'll do that all as a group. That should be fun. And then have a little bit of talking about receiving no without going you know, into disempowerment and too much disappointment about that and do a little exercise about that. And do some sharing of uh, more about all of this. And then um, have some time to, hopefully, we'll have some time to talk about some other um, marketing thoughts and ideas from all of us. I have a couple things I want to mention, although I forgot to bring the handouts with them. But anyway, I think I remember what they are. My brain is still in Tennessee on Central Time. But anyway, I didn't know it was a different time zone. Central Time messes you up. Mm -hmm. I find Pacific Time very energizing. Central Time really kind of makes me tired. So um, what do you mean it's a different time? And the news comes on at 5 and prime time's over at 10 and there's nothing to watch on TV. It's bizarre. Right. I don't understand. You have to be in bed by like 8.30. All right. And then talk about what we learned today. So how does that sound? Anything Sounds that you great. would like to add in? I think or? I have to get some coffee because I noticed as we go through this, I'm just going. Well, and especially since we're going to watch a video to start, although it's a short video. Yeah. Um, I feel, you know, I, I kind of get what you're talking about. Like, I, I just haven't had a lot of enthusiasm, period. <laughs> so I'm going, enthusiasm. But then I feel like, well, this is a really good way to call some up, and I could use some of that. Yeah. So I'm excited about today. It feels really good. Good, good. Well, and hopefully, you know, I mean, you can't go around, well, most people can't go around being 
Susie chipper and enthusiastic all the time. But when you're realizing that, that your enthusiasm and your joy around what you're up to is what's most enrolling, right. you do want to be able to sort of call that up even if you're not feeling super enthusiastic in the moment. Just yeah. when you're, you know, when you're wanting, wanting to share what you're doing. Probably when I go out feeling like I do right now, I won't be working. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm to get enthusiasm about anything. That's a, that's <laughs> that's probably you know not not a bad idea. You know, it's that whole thing Maybe about ran first thing in the morning like you do, like Dave does. I would be wide awake. But to realize that when you're feeling a little bit depleted or you're really worried about something, that that's probably not the time to try to really enroll somebody in how awesome your life is and how you can help them have an awesome life. So that's, My life is awesome. that's a good point. Sorry, but this is so loud. It's all right. Okay, I did it and it's blanking. That's what it's supposed to do. Yep, oh, it's yeah. just slow. It just has to think for a minute before it... What are we doing this morning? Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't do that yet. Yeah. We definitely need to do that. Okay. Um, I think my celebration has to do with something that watching this this tape this week um, brought up for me. So I'm just going to say it, even though we haven't seen the tape yet. But um, I think Dave is completely right that you probably get more clients about speaking authentically about what you do and your expertise in doing it and what a wonderful life you have. But what happens for me is I get this little gremlin that says, oh, but you've got this problem and this problem and this isn't working in your life so well and if you really haven't mastered this, how, what right do you have to talk about a wonderful life? And what I, you know, I have to seem to learn over and over again is that my wonderful life has to do with recognizing what parts really are wonderful, yeah. outstanding. So different from where I was when I started this, this particular part of the journey. And, um, and so going back to what are you looking at, the part that's half empty or the part that's half full, and, um, and just going back and claiming some of that because I really had to physically do that, <laughs> reclaim mm -hmm. these parts, and recognize that it's never done. Yeah. It's never done. That's a really good distinction, is that, yes, you mm -hmm. want to be working on the things that are the big things and continuing to be aware of them and work on them, but that, yeah, nobody's, nobody's cooked, nobody's done. Okay, and, well, I can't do this. All right. <laughs> it's that... We were just talking about this, how the, the regular coffee gets super, super, I bought large size by, for some reason, and it, oh, no. it, oh, no. it's like super size. So it's all the way at the top. Oh no, look at that. Watch so yeah, you just have to, to do a slurp. I'm going to let it sit there a minute so I really can't That's slurp. That's hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> The tall kind doesn't even fit under there. Yeah. 
Well, I think that having a wonderful life doesn't mean you have a perfect life. Because perfection is just, it's not real. Yeah. yeah. It's not ever attainable. It's not real. And I, I totally feel you. Know, so. You know, and when I do that, not, not that part, but when I do the previous part where I think, you know, is this ever going to get any better? I tend to get into depression. And so I think that's an old habit of seeing that and getting depressed. Mm -hmm. And so the thing to change is that habit of inter interacting with it, interfering with it, interjecting different information, right. and breaking that powerful habit. Yeah. It yeah. keeps me stopped and stuck and feels like I'm in the swamp. Yeah, that's a very good insight. So the celebration is that I saw that and recognized it and think, why are you doing this number on yourself? Mm -hmm. It's just a powerful old habit. Yeah. I practiced it 64 years, or however how many years of 64 I've practiced it. Well, um, mine's kind of similar. I mean, I think I talked last time we were here about this. I had this like bottom drop out of like, I had all this energy and I was all excited and I just went, boom, just tired and I felt really worn out. And that's really persisted. And I also definitely get extremely, um, it's that Scorpio moon. I believe I'm a Scorpio moon, but I get really dark and like Kurt Cobain, like it's never going to get better. This is awful. I'm going to be like this the rest of my life. I kind of get in that thinking. And I've been doing a little bit of that the past two weeks, but I've also been enormously compassionate with myself, which I don't usually do. Wow. Yeah, where I've been like, um, you know what? Just do the absolute minimum that you have to do to get by. Um, um, take naps. I went to the library, got a bunch of books I want to read. And I've just been really practicing patience with it. And the other thing I tend to do is I'll do something dramatic to break out of it. And it's... Usually not terrifically destructive, but you know I might like throw all my stuff in a car and take a road trip or go shopping or do something that's probably not really that helpful and ends up costing me more money than I'm really comfortable with or ends up disrupting relationships or means I abandon responsibilities. Like there's usually a little flavor of that to what I do, yeah. and I haven't done any of that. I've just been showing up every day and saying, "Well, I'm still kind of tired. I still feel kind of down. I'm not. I don't have the energy. I don't want to work on anything. I just want to get done the minimum, and I want to go to bed." And I just keep going, oh, that's fine. That's where I'm at right now. And it's nice. It's really refreshing to feel like yeah. this is just temporary. It's just where I'm at. It's necessary. I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm trying not to judge it and get into that. So that's been really good. So it's There's two things that my friend Michael Stoller has told me about this a couple of years ago. One was, well, here's the good news. When you're down there, you know that you're on a roller coaster and you're at the bottom and you're getting ready to go up. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful. And he said the other thing is he grants himself permission to have a pity party. Yeah. And he plans it and he does it and he decides how long it's going to be. Yeah. That was sort of fun when I did that one time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hate the ice cream. And then the other thing really quick is I applied for that job at Wake Forest. So yeah. um, you have a woman's, did I tell you about this two weeks ago? Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, it took me about a week to figure out if I wanted to apply for it. And then I spent the past week working on my... Vita and working on my cover letter, and I just submitted them right before I came over here. So, yeah, in the pool. So, so have you talked to somebody over there? Before? I have, well, the, yes, yes, and no. Um, I talked to two people who know about the position, one of whom may be applying for it, so that was a little awkward. Um, and I've gotten a, a 
fairly specific list of names of people who will probably be involved in the search, but they don't have the search committee yet because they just listed it. So they're not very organized at the moment. I think they will get organized quickly because it's summer and they can. Um, so it was a little challenging. Like I didn't have the search committee chair name, which I usually like to have, but they just don't have that stuff outlined yet. So I did the best I could and I picked it out. I did all right. Well, my celebration is that I was in Nashville last weekend at a uh, workshop that Robin Rice put on and finally got to be with her in person and that was really wonderful and it was great. I left um, Friday and didn't come home until Monday because mm. I, if I had tried to come home Sunday, I would have either gotten home at you know, midnight or had to leave early from the workshop and I didn't want to do either of those. Um, and so I'm you know, a little behind. Harrison was homesick a couple days. Um, he finally figured it out. This is not, not relevant, but I just have to say it because it's so weird. He has hand, foot, and mouth disease, which is a viral thing. And mostly only kids under 10 get it, but he actually got it from his teacher. Wow. And he has little spots all over his body and in his mouth. And so. Not and there's nothing to do for it except um, treat the symptoms. So treat, he doesn't have fever anymore. He only had fever one day and was throwing up and stuff one day. And now he's got spots and he's otherwise fine and on the mend. But it was just like, like what? what is that? Like, I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. So anyway. That is so cool because I kept thinking I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't remember it. Yeah. Well, that... And that's not a serious, serious. No, it can go into meningitis and stuff like that, but it, he's past that point where that's, and that's mostly with little kids. Um, so it's just, he's, he went to school yesterday, but I mean, that totally put me behind. And I'm just trying to been sort of trying to be where you are to, to have compassion for myself and say, I'm tired and I'm just doing what I'm doing and then I'm stopping. And I've had a glass of wine like three nights this week, and it's like, you know, I'm okay. So that's what I'm doing. That's yeah. what's helping me like decompress at the end of the day. And sometimes when I'm really tired, I don't know why, because drinking makes you more tired, especially if you're just having one glass. But then it almost makes me feel like I have a reason to be tired. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is weird. And it's like, well, that's just what I'm gonna do. Like, and don't underestimate. The enormous amount of, of psychological and emotional energy you spend. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, and the apprenticeship is winding up, and so it's this big sort of transition time, and the radio show's gearing up, and I'm trying to get ready for that. And did you record? Oh, I, did, I did record one. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I'm pretty happy with it, and you know, the lady keeps calling me and sort of. Not putting pressure on me, but you know, checking in with me, like to make sure I'm. But it feels a little bit like pressure, and so I've just been saying, you know, it's just like one foot in front of the other. Doing the best I can. Doing the best I can. I'm getting a massage this afternoon after this class. Yay! And so I'm just like, okay, yeah. yeah. So very good. Yes. Speaking of massage, can I ask a question? Sure. Um, one of my friends was asking about who I knew that do, does energy work, and I think what's going on with her is that 
I think she gets holes in her energy field around her. And then stuff comes in, mm. and she can't block it to keep herself stable. So when somebody gets a real upset, it comes in and she gets upset. Mm -hmm. yeah. I told her I thought Kathy could probably work with mm -hmm. that. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. She'd be, I think, a really good one for that. Yeah, and that's something you just have to learn how to do as someone who has worked on that and gotten a whole lot better at it. Is that you can intentionally, I mean, it's fine to say I have holes in my energy and somebody else can help me close them, but you can learn to shield yourself um, and not have people's ick get, you know, attached to you so much. Do you do that now? Mm hmm. I'm just talking about you then. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, if she wants somebody to, I mean, yeah, I could work with her. Sure. Yeah. And there's yeah, lots of lots and lots of different kinds of things you can do. But it's mostly it's mostly having that intention. And I had just briefly um, at the workshop, you know, that was something I was a little bit concerned about. Of being sort of and then I slept terribly the whole time. So being a little bit physically depleted and then being around all these other people's energy and um, one of the things that that Robin uses when she works, which I have now too, is red bracelets to help sort of keep the energy like in your hands and, and beyond and not in you kind of thing. So I wore those the whole time. Um, but there's lots of other things you can do. You don't want to necessarily go around in life wearing red bracelets all the time. Um, a big red thing on your chest. Right. Or a huge, a huge cross. Right, right. Garlic. Garlic, yeah. Garlic. But I did notice... Um, at the very end of Sunday that the person she was working with, I was starting to get kind of sucked into their story and into their pain and sort of, and just, just by setting the intention to say, nope, I'm, I'm closing that mm -hmm. and that's over there and that's yours and I can have compassion for you, but I'm not getting sucked into it and it just shut it right down. That's awesome. And it was like, oh good. Cause that's something I've struggled with for a long time. It's not getting, sucked into other people's stuff and getting their ick traveling along with me Absolutely. in other times. So yeah, I mean, whatever you think, but okay. yeah. Glad to know that. Okay. All right, well, let's get ready to watch. Hey, I think I'm going to... He's going to really bug you with his enthusiasm today. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, I'm going to take it on. Congratulations for following Edison's advice. When you've exhausted all possibilities, remember this. You haven't. Do you want to sit more over here? Um, yeah, I will. I'm going to get some coffee, too. And that's where I want to go with marketing. When you think you've exhausted all possibilities, you haven't. You'll be happy. Okay, so here's marketing. I, I want to say a little bit about marketing. Then I want you to say a little bit about marketing. Then I want to say some more about marketing. And then I want you to practice marketing. My, my first idea about marketing is to develop uh, your confidence. You just fall awake to your confidence. It's like falling off a log. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go out and take a course in positive thinking. You don't have to take more courses to be a great coach. I believe that developing your confidence is much more of an internal state of being. It's a practice. Now, of course, you could argue and say, well, yeah, but what if um, I develop this confidence, but I'm not really any good? Well, I'd like to handle that by saying you are good. I know some of you don't know that, but take my word for it for a while. You already are skilled enough to be very confident in your ability to be a great life coach.
Now, of course you can get more skilled, but I know you well enough, I know your background well enough, that you already are enough to have great confidence, real confidence, authentic confidence, deep confidence. And when you have that, and then go into an interaction with somebody and talking about life coaching, talking about the service you have to provide, they will know it if you really have it. You're not pretending confidence. You really have it deep into your soul. They'll know it. And they'll want to be with you. They'll want you. Uh, just a little bit more about this, because I know some of you think, yeah, but you don't know me. I don't have what it takes yet. Maybe I can get what it takes, but I don't yet have what it takes. My gosh, I just learned about it a couple of days ago. For some of you. Well, here's what I think you can count on, is that when you are with another person, your client, totally committed to what she wants, totally committed to his agenda, totally committed to his well-being and wonderful life, and you're just there constantly with that commitment, and then you listen to that person, and you be with that person out of your deep desire to have them have the most beautiful life possible, that's enough. And that's way more than almost anybody gets. People don't have that. I know some people have mothers that are like that. But that, that's their mother. They expect it. But they don't expect it from another person that's not their mother or their sister. And, and besides, not many mothers and sisters are that great at it. Well, maybe a lot are, but a lot aren't. Fathers, brothers. So anyway, that's, that's my first idea, is to develop your real confidence. And you don't develop that with more training. You don't develop that with more experience. You develop that out of a state of being and a practice of being confident. Authentically confident, not falsely confident. My second idea, before I get to several of yours, is to develop your being. This light, joyful, responsible, creative, authentic being. This healthy, joyous, celebratory being. And you just develop that. And that's who people want to be with. And it's that being that they'll remember long after the coaching session is completed. And once again, I'm confident in who you are already. And you can continue to develop that. That's why I like this profession. Because it's a great excuse to be happier for me. Because when I think, I want to get better at this, the thing I look to is, how can I get happier? How can I have a more wonderful life? Because I really do believe that when I practice authentically being happy, candid, intimate, creative, contributing, joyous, loving, that I'm going to be a better life coach for people. Now, I'm probably also going to be a better husband, a better father, a better son, a better neighbor, a better co-worker, a better boss. But, of course, that's not nearly as important as being a better life coach. So tell everybody what you're doing. And we're going to practice that a little later. You just Every time you see somebody, you say, ah, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm really excited about what I'm doing now. I've kind of shifted my profession. As a matter of fact, I've changed it totally. I used to be a carpenter, and now I'm a life coach. 
Well, I'm glad you asked about my qualifications. I'll tell you, I am very, very well qualified. How I'm qualified? Uh, I, I actually think I should turn this one over to Bill, if you're willing, to because Bill's Bill is completely unqualified, and he's one of the best life coaches. I mean, if you got Bill as a life coach, you'd be a very, very lucky man. I um, I use primarily two people. The two people I use to be my life coach the most, by far, one of them's Bill. And what qualifications do you have? We'll give you a microphone if you don't mind role playing. So happens I have one. <laughs> See, because here's the thing. I heard that you're a high school dropout. Yeah, that's true. No college. No, not to speak. Well, what are you? How much? How are you qualified to be a life coach? I just have an outstanding life, an amazing life, a wonderful life. Okay, well, that's a good start, and, and, and you think because you have a good life, you can help me have a good life? Absolutely. No question about it. Because it, it didn't happen overnight. I, had to, I got to teach myself how to have an amazing life like I have. I got to practice a lot of things, learn a lot of things, talk to a lot of people. And then one day I woke up and realized that everywhere I looked, it was wonderful and amazing. And I can help you get that. I know how to do that. We didn't rehearse this. And I just want to point out something. That first of all, he's got the confidence. It's not surrounded with a bunch of words. I mean, he almost has to look to see some words. Because the words don't matter. He's confident. He's got a wonderful life. And that's it. Thanks. So I'm suggesting that you tell everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a new profession. I love it. I used to be a carpenter, and now I'm a life coach. Everybody you see at the grocery store, in the elevator, in your family, at parties. And you tell them many times. You tell everyone often. And that you're a great life coach with a great life. And it's like fishing. That if you drop enough lines in the water, you're going to catch a lot of fish. And if you drop enough lines in the water, not only are you going to catch a lot of fish, but you're going to catch some big fish. That's the secret of fishing. You know, some people, they go out fishing and they throw one line in the water. And then they stand there waiting and waiting. Fearing that if they put too many lines in the water, they won't know what to do if they catch too many fish. Don't worry about it. Put lots and lots and lots of lines in the water. You'll catch enough fish, and some of them will be big ones. Tell everyone that you're going to be, that you are, a competent, effective life coach with a great life. And you will catch a lot of clients, and some of them will be big ones. Now, for some of you, a big client means paying big bucks, which is great. I mean, for that, I want you all to be fabulously wealthy. Er, because I already think you're fabulously wealthy, but I think I want you to be fabulously wealthier. So you'll catch some big clients. That means they're clients that pay a lot of money. But I also know that for some of you, a big client means a client with a lot of influence. So that when you assist that client to have a life of her dreams, 
then she will influence lots and lots and lots of people and the world become a better place. And then I think that standard marketing, I wouldn't pay much attention to it. I don't think you need a brochure. I don't think you need a website. I don't think you need a business card. I don't think you need a logo. I don't think you need voicemail. I don't think you need an office. I don't think you need a chair in an office. Now, a phone might be good, but short of that, I wouldn't put much attention on those other things because I haven't known a fancy brochure to get a client. The two most successful life coaches I know, one taught me a lot about life coaching. I've talked about him. His name is uh, Michel Renault. He's from uh, Outremont, Canada in, uh, in Ontario. It's right outside of Montreal. And the other one um, is a man I trained to be a life coach. Both those people earn in excess of $200,000 a year in their life coaching practice and did within just a short amount of time. And the reason I didn't tell you his name is I'm not, I know that Michelle would not mind me saying and I'm not sure he would. The point is that they're very, very successful. And last I knew, neither one of them had a logo, a business card, or a brochure, or letterhead, or a website. All they had was great confidence, an amazing life, and everybody they saw, they told what they did. So those are my ideas about marketing. Now I want to hear from you because I want to add to that list. I've only got four ideas. And as you know, I don't think that's enough because I like to have at least 10 ideas so that you won't feel like this is the right way to market. I don't know that it's the right way to market. Yes, Tricia, and then D. Um, I say be outrageous because I've been, I've been marketing jewelry for 15 years. And um, what I've discovered is that people at the very top are just people. I mean, if you're honest, if you're just confident, they will accept you just like your next door neighbor would. So that's my discovery. So be outrageous. Go for outrageous. whoever you want and try it out. I, I just want to add a little illustration to that, if I may about your life. Okay. <laughs> Trisha was making jewelry, first of all on her kitchen table, and then in her garage. Now in her garage when she was making jewelry, uh, she was doing it with one other person. I mean it was this little tiny, nothing, oh, very small business. And she actually wore those gloves with the fingers cut out because the garage didn't have heat. It had a, so anyway, this is a small business. But Trisha practiced what she just spoke. She called up the Smithsonian Institute because she noticed they had a catalog, an art catalog. And she thought, well, that would be fun. So she called him up and she said something like, uh, I've got jewelry and I'd like to be in your catalog. And they said, send us a brochure. And she, she says, I don't have a brochure. She said, well, send us something. So she sent them for a picture, which she just took like with a... You know, look like this is a camera, not like a professional photographer. And this is a jury catalog, the Smithsonian Institute. It's got about 200, 300 pieces of art in it. And they the curator has to, like, approve it. And I just thought she was crazy. I mean, I just thought, Trisha, she went to the very top of the top. And they wrote back and said yes. So she knows from where she speaks about being outrageous. So, you know. 
And then I wanted to finish this story. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with marketing. This is just purely bragging about my wife. Okay, so then she got into this catalog, and her piece became the number three, number four best-selling piece in the entire catalog. Of all 270 pieces, it was the fourth bestseller. From her garage with those little gloves with the fingers cut out. <laughs> now, um, be outrageous. Go to the top. Who do you want to coach? Make a list of the people that you want to be a life coach for and just call them up. And when they say send a brochure, they want to have a brochure or whatever they say. And get the client that you want. Good idea. What's another idea, D? I had a couple of ideas. Uh, my first idea is, is taking kind of a ride on the idea of confidence. And I was sitting here thinking, uh, you don't know me that well, and you don't know if I'm a good life coach or if I'm not. Uh, and then I thought, you know, I really am my own evaluator, and I have to remember that, uh, not to look outside of me uh, for someone else to think that I'm great, because I've got to know inside first that. So that was one thought. Um, the second thought I uh, have is that uh, I work in a community college in California. There are 107 of those there, and there are probably those things all over for you. And we have a community service program. I think most community colleges do. And I offered a course called Build the Life You Want. I didn't know what I was going to put in it, but I called it that. <laughs> and it brought 30 people. I thought, you know, I could do that again, and that would be a nice way to start a business. Uh, as a life coach. So that's out there for everybody to do. Uh, and I like this idea of start a course, a, a workshop, maybe a public workshop of some sort, and from that you'll uh, will emerge a lot of clients. Yeah, great idea, David. I think what I'll try, I, I feel like I need some practice. So in my practice, in practicing, I think I will uh, kind of just approach people and, and give it for free or give it real cheap. Yeah. And I particularly like the idea of giving it uh, free. I liked your first part. And then have the next sessions cheap. And then the next sessions higher price. And then the next sessions expensive. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bait and switch. You're going to hook them. But you tell them up front you're going to hook them. You know, there's nothing, there's no secret here. Say, look, I, I'm starting this new profession. And I'm very confident, but of course, I don't have a long track record. So I'd like to give you the first five sessions, the first one month, the first two months for free. I'm making this up. I'll give you the first two months for free. Now, my goal is to provide such amazing service to you that at the end of those two months, you'll start paying me $100 a month for the next two months. Now, I know $100 a month is a lot, but I'm so confident in what I'll provide for you I think you'll easily make the decision. And then, in the next two months, $200 a month. Then $300 a month. Then $400 a month. And then $500 a month. So within a year, if, you, if I'm doing my job as well as I know I can, you'll be paying me $500 a month to be your life coach. Now, if it's not working out after a month, no problem. Or if you don't think you can find the money, no problem. But see. I'm going to be so good with you that within two months, if you can't find the money elsewhere, I think you'll move into a mobile home so that you can decrease your standard of living enough to pay for me. That's how good I'm going to be. This is another idea. Now, what's another idea? 
How to market. Is that where it stopped? That's where we stopped. Yep. So, any um, thoughts, questions, insights, ideas that are sparked from watching this? This is third or fourth time I've seen it. <laughs> well, I think, um, and I'd love to hear what you all have to say about this in your own experiences. I mean, I definitely, the confidence piece is, is I'm becoming more and more aware as my big Achilles heel, um, which is and, and I realize it's one reason I keep getting degrees and certifications because the next one I'll feel really confident and then I don't, you know, exactly. it's ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, I actually have a couple clients right now and uh, one I worked with earlier this week, her name's Leslie and she, I know her from Minnesota and that was actually like the best session I've had because I know her and she knows me and she was one of my students and so we've had these kinds of conversations and I know how she, I know what buttons to push with her and I know what I can, how far I can go with her, and she's just really wants to evolve, and so we had this amazing session, and, but then when I'm working with people I don't know, who don't know me in that way, like my students know what I, what I bring to the table, I'm very confident in that, but then with people I don't know, it's just this feeling like I'm on the phone going, what am I saying, God, what if I'm doing this wrong, and then the little, my life isn't that great, I'm not making any money, and I really enjoying my work and who the hell am I to talk about this and all those doubts start to come up and when he said that piece about um, being confident but whatever really suck at it that's my big fear that I'm like I'm great and I'm not great you know and and I, I really struggle with that so all I mean I'm glad he addressed all that but I struggle with all that stuff and I don't know what to do about it because I certainly I think I appear confident <laughs> I don't think I look but I know inside my head I just have so much doubt about whether what I bring to the table in any setting has any value to anybody. Tell, yeah. me, what, tell me what to do. <laughs> Give me practice, magic, practice. Magic. That's practice. what I was going to say. It's just continuing to practice, I think. Yeah. And for me, I really found, you know, we talked, um, I don't know if it was last time, I guess it was, about the whole idea of working with people who speak your language and who you don't feel like you have to convince, you know, you don't have to like help them understand in the same way. That went a really long way for me in helping boost my confidence. And so for me, that's, this makes a lot of sense to me in a way it didn't before because I felt like, well, yeah, I'm pretty confident. I've been doing this for a while. But having that feeling like I'm really working with the people that I really want to be working with and that I meant to work with and I just love them all and I just feel like they're like the most awesome clients. Something about that has just helped me get in my confidence shoes a whole lot more. Um, and I feel like I totally got, well, I have a couple people that I had as clients before I sort of had this aha, but the, the couple new people that it totally came from this of not intending to try to recruit them as clients, but just saying, oh, I just had like this big aha moment about who I want to be working with and what I want to be doing. And, you know, and just being excited about it and people saying, oh, I want that. And it's like, you do? <laughs> you know, like I wasn't even trying to recruit you. <laughs> 
Um, and so it was really, you know, it's like, I mean, I've seen this a bunch of times too, and it just finally really clicked. Um, but I, I think the, the feeling confident in, in what you have to offer, I think it's just, you know, it's going to be practice and then reminding yourself sometimes. Um, and this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. I was intending to talk about this down here, but anyway, I was thinking about one of the things when Penny and I took this course from Marty Woodward, who was a coach that also trained with Dave, who's now focusing on marketing and and mostly on helping coaches and healers and other sort of independent people um, who tend to undervalue themselves, mm -hmm. market themselves more effectively, and, and some of the stuff that she recommended was a little bit more aggressive or, I don't know, markety than I wanted to do. But it had a lot of really good ideas. And one of the things she talked about is um, telling your story in, in a way that maybe feels just a little bit vulnerable. And as, as I was thinking about that, you know, like, what else are we going to talk about on the drive over here? And I was thinking, that's something you are so masterful at. That, that's what you have really done with your blog, is to say to people... Um, you know, this is the journey I'm on, these are the places that weep me out, these are the places I've had success, and that really connects with people. And because they don't feel like they're coming up against the expert, they feel like they're coming up against a human being who has, who's a little bit further down the path than they are and who can help them. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to sort of add that in there, that you don't have to be the, you know, the expert on high. And that if there's something you say that you feel like, God, I wish I hadn't, had, hadn't said that, or it doesn't go so well or whatever, to again, just, I think to, I don't think you're going to have that happen a lot, first of all, but to feel like it's okay to say, you know, gosh, I, I, I thought about that later and I wish I'd said something different, or, um, you know, I'm not so sure about this. Right. Um, and to that I don't think people will receive that as, oh, wow, you're not confident. I think they'll receive that as, wow, this is a human being that I can connect with, and, and they will be connected with you at that point already. And, you know, to not worry about being infallible, that the human part and the, the part that reveals that you're human and that you're vulnerable, I think is what really appeals to people and what really connects with people. Thank you, Laura. So, beautifully said. I'm glad you said that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was helpful. You know, I, and I think I, I, I really appreciate that reflection, and I think that's that has been the big piece of the blog for me. Um, and I, I think in a in a bigger way too, because I know one of the like speaking astrologically, one of the things I'm here to do in this lifetime is to is to speak my truth and to live in the power of my voice and to not hide behind you know, structures of power and authority, which is sort of where I come from. And so um, what's been amazing about doing the blog is how how many people have drawn closer to me because of the writing, including like my mom, you know, mm. knows me better. She didn't know that stuff about me. She's always like, really? That's what you thought about that? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't talk about it as well as I write about it. So yeah, so thank you. That's been really helpful. And I think when the, the people that are drawn to work with me read my blog and like what I have to say, and mm -hmm. that's what's bringing them in. 
Yeah. Which is my one counter to his point about not having the website. I think for, for people like me, I mean, I'm a good speaker, but I don't, I'm, I'm more comfortable expressing myself through writing. Yeah. That I tell my story, but I do it through writing, and that's where, for me, the website's been a saving grace. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it without that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would agree. I'm yeah. a better writer than a speaker. And it's good to have some place to refer people to, I think. And I... legitimizes you for one thing. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And because... You know, the kind of websites that we have now are the ones where we can go in and change and it's not a static thing. Nice. And then you can update. And then if you do meet someone in passing and it's like you have five minutes to talk and it's like, I really want to know more about you, you can refer them to your website and then they can find out more about you and then they can schedule a further conversation or whatever. Right. But I think um, it's, I think a website is a good thing to have. And of course, when Dave was doing this, it was 15 years ago or something too. So the whole idea of, a website that everybody has one because it's easy and relatively cheap to have one now. Yeah. Um, and he's got an extensive one. Yeah. Oh my God, it's very extensive. Yeah. Well, he's got two because he's still got the Falling Awake one and now he's got Dave Ellis Leadership. So and he has all these famous people over here testifying. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, Jack Canfield, uh, he coached Jack Canfield for a little bit. And you, did you see his invitation this week? No. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of people promoting this book, and I can't remember the first part of it, but I think it's basically about um, how you create, how you're going to co-create um, this next, it's not a millennium, I don't know what it's called, this next segment of history, because we're getting ready, coming in out of 2012, moving out of one era and into the other. And Martha, somebody back, Martha Beck, she wrote the book. You know, his thing that he sent out, he coaches her. Huh. She's like the Oprah coach. Huh? She's like the Oprah coach. Interesting. Yeah, wow. Huh. So, to me, there's a couple of reflections. Yeah. One is that it did take me a while to move out of being a counselor in both my head and my identity mm -hmm. into being a coach. Mm -hmm. And I had to work hard at that. I coached a lot of people for free my first year yeah. to really begin to own that. Um, another is, um, you know, it's a conversation we had just a little bit ago, but it's kind of building on it, is where do you feel skeptical? Do you feel skeptical that it's really, you can really create a fabulous life? Mm -hmm. Or do you, is that just sort of a pie in the sky thing that's not really realistic inside? You know, because it's hard. To, I mean, for me, I buy it hook, line, and sinker, but I still have to work at it. Yeah. Um, and so wherever you're skeptical is what will come out inside yourself when you're telling people. Yeah. And, and of course, you may decide your own version of what's the value of being coached right. and what isn't the value of being coached. Yeah. Um, and there was a third one I was thinking of as Laura was speaking. Oh, that I think that your writing is definitely an asset. And when you can begin to match your outer world with that inner world where you can actually speak that to people, mm -hmm. that'll be really powerful. Mm -hmm. Because people do read it, but some people don't keep following it. Or, right. It's true. Yeah. 
You know, I think that the skeptical piece, the, the area I get, I struggle with, I struggle with language around like having a fabulous life or having a wonderful life. It's not that I think that's impossible. Um, I just know for me, like I would, I prefer the language I'd rather have an authentic life, a deep life, a true life. Those, those words work better for me because it's about, you know, it's not always fabulous. Sometimes it's kind of crappy and it's hard, but it's mine and I'm in it and I still love it even when it doesn't feel good. And that for me is, yeah, that, that rings true. Like I, I think that's, and I really do like Dave Ellis, but I think that's one place where I bump up against. Like he has that constant overwhelming enthusiasm that I don't experience in my life. And frankly, I don't want to. I like my life the way it is. I like being... I like that I'm a little bit stuck right now. It makes me grow. It makes me push myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to help people figure out that, that that's human. And that's that can be a beautiful thing, too, just in a different way. Yeah, he probably doesn't talk enough about... I mean, he says that he works at having a more authentic or more mm -hmm. loving or more all those adjectives he used. But I think he really does because I've seen him talk about that. Because yeah. I used to think that what you wanted to do was sort of bring your life into more balance and it's more, you know, have these ups and downs. And then he said one time, no, you go way up and you go way down and you go way up and you go way. And I think he was speaking of his own journey. Yeah. But he doesn't talk about that a lot in these mm -hmm. particular. Right. Yeah, I remember probably the last workshop I did with him, and he was saying, you know, um, things are good now, but I really got recently where I thought Trisha and I were going to split. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard, and you're thinking, like, you, who's, like, the master of all this, and you're you're having such a tough time with your wife that you think you're going to split up? Like, really? Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then so you get, oh, yeah, it's you're, you're human, and the fact that you're an expert and a master and that you practice it all the time doesn't ensure that life goes perfectly smoothly all the time. And he, he does talk about that some, but, yeah, when you see it like this, and I know when I first saw Falling Away Creating the Life of Your Dreams, and I was like, like, that sounds so pie in the sky that I think it's going to turn some people off. And of course, what he means by the life of your dreams is not that everything is perfect all the time, but it's that you're, you know, you, you deal with that powerfully and you move through the times that are tough and you get yourself back and, you know, all those other things, a lot of those things that we talked about in the foundations class. But it doesn't always come across that way. And so you think, oh yeah, right, like this is all going to be like Disneyland, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, that's not really what he's meaning. Right. But it sounds like that sometimes. Right. But yeah, I think absolutely that, that you got to use the language that works for you. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was talking to Penny the other day about um, getting some things together for this new radio show that I'm starting. And I said, well, I want to give like a powerful nugget, you know, each time. Because it's short. It's just 15 minutes. But I don't know that I want to call it a nugget. Maybe I should call it a different, you know, some other. And Penny said... Well, if that's what you're calling it in your head as a nugget, you, that's what you should use. Because if you try to, like, come up with some other name for it, and in your head you're thinking nugget, and then you're trying to remember, what's the other word for that? It's that good word. I yeah. So, I mean, it's like excellent <laughs> advice. But, yeah, what are the words that, you know, are authentic for you that you would really say? So it's not some memorized elevator speech with trying to use somebody else's words that don't fit you. So, yeah. I thought they'd see my nugget. You made a love nugget. 
That's a good word. Yeah. The, the cool thing is by using your your language, the people that you want to coach, those will be coming to you. Right. 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 The people that reflect that language. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that that whole thing we were just talking about that who already speak your language and who sort of get what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So very good. Anything else before we um, kind of What do you think about Trisha's share? I think that's one of the richest shares. I love that, yeah, the outrageous. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, that example of how she did that, and I'm thinking, wow. it would take everything in me to be able to do that. Great one, and, and I mean that business. I don't. I think she was retired from it, but I mean it became a million, you know, a multi-million-dollar business. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave was talking about that. I didn't know that. Maybe people in there. I know. Sons of bitches. I know. And I don't even think <laughs> Trisha thinks that way. No, I don't think she does. I don't think Dave really thinks that way, but he's so glad to have it because then he can use it for mm -hmm. yeah. contribution. All right, so let's move into the, um, the first exercise just, just for about, I'm going to get my time around because we don't want to go on and on and on, but for about two minutes, um, talking about as if you were meeting someone, um, whether you're thinking about trying to enroll them as a coaching client or not, just telling them about your authentic life mm -hmm. and about how... Um, you're becoming a coach, or you are a coach, and um, just speak like you were telling that to someone you hadn't told before. We're in a coffee shop. <laughs> so who wants to go first? <laughs> and don't feel, you know, don't feel self-conscious about this, because we're going to all do it, and then... Um, so if we're talking about, i got to get these exercises straight, because I know them all. We're talking about just a, a run, a quick run by. So yeah, it's sort of the, the version of, of your version of. I used to be a carpenter, and now I'm a life coach. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. So yeah, but the one that applies to you, just for about two minutes. Um, yeah, who wants to go first? Okay, Cindy, say you will, won't you? Get those eyes. <laughs> Well, hey, Cindy, it's so much fun meeting you for coffee today. Hey, Penny. I'm, uh, I appreciate you coming because um, I really want to tell you what I'm up to, and we haven't talked in so long. I can't wait to hear it. And um, you're going to love what I've, what's been happening in my life. Yeah. But you know that I was a school counselor for so many years, and, yep. of course, working with children. And then I got a coach, and then I became a coach, and it has... Wait a minute, you mean like a basketball coach? Sort of. Okay. Except it's one that works on life rather okay. than on basketball. Okay. Somebody who becomes your your skill master and your the person that can really help you with those things that are so important. Yeah. And being a life coach um, really is about um, practicing creating the things you want in your life. You know, you, we all know what we don't want, but we don't often know what we do want and helping you discover that and uncover your brilliance about that. And then as you begin to define that, what it is you do want, it begins to happen. Mm -hmm. And you develop multiple ways to accomplish those things that are your dreams 
in, in your desires. And that's what's happening for me. And I just wanted you to know about that because it's such a life change for me. That's awesome. I'd love to um, talk to you more about that. And you might even be interested in being a client. That was a disc help. That's okay. Click, click. <laughs> and I'd love to have you as a client. I'd love to, to assist you. Thank you. Creating this life for yourself. All right. Good. That nice. was a long one. It was not quite two minutes, but that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't. It wasn't know. an elevator one. Yeah. No, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, we're not going for a set time. I mean, it's good. Very good. All right, you have three seconds <laughs> okay. before the gong goes there. Can I talk to both of you then? Yes, okay. sure. Yeah, we're at the coffee shop. We're at the coffee shop. Girlfriends. Okay, so um, so one of the things that's been a big driving force in my life throughout my whole professional career has been um, this really deep passion to help women overcome some of the obstacles that exist for them with regard to who they want to be in the world. And I see so many women who discount who they are, they discount what they have to offer, um, they, they don't charge enough money at their jobs. They don't know how to ask for raises. They're not doing the work they love. They're self-sacrificing all the time. And I just reached this point about two years ago. I was, just, I was just tired, and I felt really fed up. I really wanted to do something about it. So what I've been working on for the past couple of years is finding my way in the world with regard to how I can best help women to live these incredibly authentic, incredibly rich, incredibly truthful lives where they're showing up every day to exactly who they are, and they're making decisions about what they want in the world. And maybe that's family, maybe that's having children and getting married and doing things that look more traditional, but they're choosing it and they're making the decision, the conscious choice to live a life that fits with their values and their vision for themselves and their dreams. And that's what I wanna do in the world. And so I write about this, I speak about it, I teach about it, but I also do coaching about it, which is kind of the most direct way that I help women. And so what I like to do is work one-on-one -on -one with women who are really ready and really motivated and they're on board and they're ready to make some big changes and what they need is a support person someone to stand with them walk with them challenge them encourage them and really help them see the ways that they can make changes in their lives and what's amazing about it is once people set the intention and they really start working on it changes happen really fast that it sort of takes us a long time sometimes to get there but then once we're in that coaching relationship with somebody because I've experienced it myself Changes happen really quickly. Insight comes really quickly, and people are able to really start identifying what it is that they're wanting to see happen in their lives. Ooh. I love that. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I love that. Thank you. That's that storytelling. Yeah. That's that's exactly what Laura was talking yeah. about. Yeah. That felt good. Good. All right. All right. Mine here. Well, you know, I've been a coach for a while, and I've I've enjoyed it very much, and I've, I've loved it, but I felt a little bit adrift sometimes, like I wasn't really sure if I was connecting with people or connecting with the right people, and sometimes it felt good, and sometimes it, I, I don't know, I just felt sort of out there. And so I was trying to get clearer and clearer about who do I really want to work with, and I took this marketing class and was trying to, like, do it all the way the marketing instructor wanted, and... Um, but one of the things that was really helpful about that was really looking at, you know, who do I really want to be spending time with? And that was just 
huge for me to really stop thinking about like who am I you know who can I like sell this to just be thinking about who do I want to be with and so I, I had this sort of aha moment that you know I want to be with people who sort of talk like I do and sort of kind of understand the things that I do and so for me that was other coaches and um, healers and people who are kind of on a spiritual path um, but who, who really just need a little bit of assistance because you know I've, I've had someone coach me all along I think that's really important um, that no matter where you are kind of in your expertise that you have somebody who's not you to help you keep thinking through things and help you get unstuck and I really love to do that with people that's who I've been having the most fun with is when I can really support another coach or um, a healer to get a little bit clearer about what they're up to or help them get through a problem and that's just been so much fun to do that and so um, I kind of put together this this um, six element coaching structure and oh can't even get yeah I just go go on and on and on so so let's just pause for I don't know 30 seconds or so let's take a deep breath think for a little bit if there's something you want to add in if there's something you heard from somebody else and then we'll do it again Are you ready to go again? No, I need a second. We'll need another second, okay? So are we revising? Are we... You don't have to. If you feel perfectly happy with what you said, um, you can just practice saying it again. Or if you find that there's something else you want to add in or take out or whatever, um, do that too. But yeah, if you feel pretty happy with it, just practice it again. I might go the outrageous direction for the next one. That's a great idea. Just experiment with different... So look out. Are you ready to go, or you? I could probably go. Okay. If you want, is that okay? I'm gonna go on here in one second. Okay. So I made the decision a couple of years ago that I didn't want to live within the structure of other people's expectations for me, which I think is a lot of what women do in the world. And so I made the very conscious choice to leave a very secure professional life in order to be adrift for a couple of years. I intentionally cut myself from the moorings of the safety of my job uh, to frankly be utterly confused, to feel lost a lot of the time, to not know what the heck I was doing, to be a little bit broke. And uh, what I've learned from that is how to, um, how to just detach from all the expectations that other people have for me. So these are the things I'm really great at. I'm really great at change. I'm really great at being lost and finding my way. I'm really good at being daring. Um, and I've had the opportunity over the past six months in particular, uh, the past year, in doing that, the doors that have opened up for me have been extraordinary. I've gotten to hang out with celebrities and movie stars. I hang out with the mayor on a regular basis. I've met leaders in the community. And what's been really interesting about that is a lot of these people have been drawn to me because they also feel like something is missing in their lives. They feel like they have become too attached to money or security or uh, the conventional social structure and they don't feel like they can break out of it. 
So what I do is I work with people, here's the outrage part, in extremely high paying, extremely successful situations who have lost touch with their soul. And I help them reconnect with the soul of who they are in the world and what they want to do. So the most powerful people in my community come to me for assistance in reconnecting with their soul. And they pay me a ton of money to do this. Yeah. Like two grand a month. It's insane. But they are so lost. And what they need is not more money, not more power, not more status. They need to reconnect with who they are at the core of their being. And that's what I do. And that's my expertise. Awesome. Wow. That was wonderful. Thank you. And the first one was good. But it did start to get a little bit into the, like, the description of the process. Yeah. A little bit. Not yeah. a ton, but a little bit. Yeah. Where this one, it was totally about, like, the energy and the emotion and, you know, revealing who you are a little bit and just, like, totally connected with that one. All so, right. yeah. Thanks. Cool. That was good that you went first because it really connected me with what I was wanting to before I said something. Yeah. That's my life on steroids. <laughs> um, well, gosh, guys, thank you for coming and, and meeting with me today because I just kind of want to tell you about the changes that have occurred. You guys know that I've been working as a coach for a while now mm -hmm. and um, getting more clarity about who's really fun to work with. And so I have found that who I really want to serve are people who are out there in the world making a difference but want to make a more powerful difference, are struggling in the leadership of their nonprofit, and um, have found this fabulous organization called the Women's Fund, and I've been coaching the women who founded that, the women who are really out here in our community making a difference, and it is so much fun because as they get clarity about who they are and how to fill themselves back up so that they can pour out more to the people that really call to them, and I get to be a part of that process and, and cheer them forward as they make this powerful difference, and then I get to make a powerful difference. And they are really paying me well for this. I've been making, you know, a, a good working wage by, by coaching very few but very powerful women. Yay! That was awesome. Good job. And I did get in touch the other day inside of me with that. Those are some of the women that I want us serving in this coach training process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because really and truly, think how we can impact community. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Winston Salem, but by doing it with what we do best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, that that sounds exciting. That was great, and I love that last bit because that's the piece I keep thinking like I want like. Like two or three really high-paying clients. Yeah. That's it. That'd be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Laura's finding out, too. You just you can't coach somebody at that high, high level uh, and have a whole practice. Can't have. And that's one of the things I'm trying to change. I really like this model of getting away from this one-time-a-week model that's so entrenched in my mind and everybody else's mm -hmm. and going to, you know, you're retaining me for however many hours it takes each month because you're paying me well for me to be concentrating just on you right. and having you be accessible to you. Right. You know, however that looks. Right. I love that model. I do too. It feels yeah. much better. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe three, maybe three mm -hmm. really great clients. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of clients that 
really can't afford to pay much. Right. So I always want to have some availability. I just don't want that to be a major group. I, I love that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jinx, I make enough doing this that I absolutely have the time and the resources mm -hmm. to extend this to other people who can't afford it. I think that's lovely. Yeah. All right. Hey. Bring it. Well, I just wanted to say real quick that um, Bill, who talked in the video, um, and he is a great coach. He was my mentor in the coaching program, and oh, he's cool. done some coaching with Daryl. He's a very good coach. Um, but he, somebody asked him one time, you know, like, what's, what's a full practice? And he said, I would never coach more than 10 people. And that's for someone who does this, you know, full-time supporting their family. Right. And, and so you've got to figure out, okay, if you've only got 10 people, you've got to, you know, or you want less than that, you've got to have high level, and then you've got to maybe, I mean, I don't think he's doing books and things, but you might want to think about what are the other pieces of that that we talked about a little bit last time of the, not just the only thing, your only income is from, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, what, something occurred to me when Bill was talking today. His, the major emphasis that he brought forth within that organization is working with people in schools. And it just dawned on me, yet, well, duh, because he has this piece of him that's, wherever he dropped out, you know, it's probably unresolved, and he wanted to make a difference with educators. Yeah. And I thought, sense. yeah, boy, that's, that's so powerful. And I know Dave's the one that does a lot of the training, but Bill's the one that presents it. And Bill's mm -hmm. the one that holds that. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a break and pee. Sure. You know, I think we've already practiced the good thing that within the next month, knowing people are in and out of town, um, that we approach at least one person that's on that high-powered mm -hmm. list. <coughs> so Alan would be a great person to talk to. Do Alex. Well. You can. Is he interested in you? I thought, I thought he had somebody. That mm. he was dating seriously. Maybe not he was, it's not anymore. But I see you and Alan together. I love him. He's very dear to me, but he would like to date me. Well, one other thing that I wanted to say that's sort of a segue when we stopped in the break um, was talking about people being a little bit nervous about mm -hmm. you coaching them and being, like, really tough on them and sort of nailing them to the wall. Yeah. And I have actually, it sounded like you handled that really well, mm -hmm. and that um, I have actually heard Dave say to someone that he was, you know, doing in a model coaching do you want soft, medium, or hard? <laughs> and oh, to that's let, a great distinction. To let them choose. And, you, you know, you wouldn't say that every single time. But if you know you're talking about something uh -huh. that's a little bit touchy, and then it lets people have, you know, it's meeting them where they are. Yeah. How ready are you for change? Yes, you wouldn't be, you know, you must have some readiness or you wouldn't be here talking about this. But it may be that you can only shift a little bit, and you're not ready to make this huge life change and to, you know, it's just kind of a funny way of letting them know that you're not going to press them 
in a way that they're not ready for. I really like that idea. Yeah. And I like it because it's, it's kind of goofy and funny, and it sort of adds that, you know, it kind of lightens things up a little bit. Like, okay, we're going to talk about something really serious, you know, soft, medium, or hard. So. You know, I want to say something about that because um, um, Laura knows Laurie, a person that coaches me a lot. And recently, when I was in that really difficult place, um, I just sent her an email and said, Laurie, I want you to know that I'm seeking another coach because I need it weekly. That's when you and I talk. And, um, and I, I want us to continue to be in this relationship, but it's not every week. And sometimes she just kicks butt because she doesn't have the patience to sit with me through it. And it really um, confronted her. I didn't realize that. I mean, first of all, she got really jealous because she tells me all the time, that's probably something you need to just talk with Laura about. <laughs> but then she got jealous when you did go talk thinking, to somebody else. Yeah, thinking that she just didn't have the patience for that. And that's where I got that information. That it wasn't something I could work through with her. But I told her the other day, I said, Laurie, sometimes you just kick butt and that may be effective. But I wasn't in a place that you could do that. And I didn't think you had the patience to work with it. Yeah. And I said, I want you to know I'm going to be working with this person. And it's going to be weekly. And I need that to move myself forward right now. Yeah. And she's not, you know, she's not always available weekly. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think meet the client where they are is one of the most important things that I learned. And I didn't necessarily get that fully early. I mean, it's something I've grown into that I understand a lot better now. But that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you know, take someone and go charging into action plans if they're still in victim mud or whatever. you got to go where they are and move in the way that they can move and not in your idea of where they ought to be. Because that's not what this is about. It's about them. Yeah. So, yeah sort of going back to that whole thing about, you know, it's not about the coach, and the coach is not powerful, it's the relationship that's powerful, and all that stuff. All right. Um, so let's talk about um, receiving no. Oh, do you want to do peppering lots of questions? I guess that's the next one. Taking turns, asking Lots of questions. Yeah, I like it. Okay, let's do that. Shift. <laughs> I know. I want to stay where I was. Yeah. And I'm trying. I'm trying to remember because this was something that was on the tape that I didn't get to re-review because for some reason it got cut off. What it was is um, the person was practicing. Uh, somebody was practicing with Dave. I can't remember who and why. And then. Um, they said some things, and he just started asking questions. Well, does that mean we have this has to go on forever? And, you know, just whatever was coming up, he just kept peppering them with those kind of questions. Like, you really don't have any distinction about coaching. That's coming from that place. Okay. Very good. So who wants to be the victim first? <laughs> who, who would like to be the coach receiving questions first? I guess I will. Okay. And 
is it going to be too much if we're both asking questions? Do you want just Cindy to oh, ask no, questions? I can take it. You can okay. Take it. We're just hanging out in the coffee shop. That's right. That's we're hanging out in the coffee shop. You're just hanging with your friends. Yeah. So if we do this coaching thing, how I'm I'm just unclear about exactly how you're going to help me. Can you give me more clarity about that? We're going to meet as regularly as we need to to really help you gain some clarity about what you're wanting. I know you're really in touch with what you don't want, and we can even talk about that for a while. And then, well, if you don't have that, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And when we start exploring that, it gets really exciting, okay. because then you start setting intentions based on that. Okay, cool. So are you going to tell me what to do, then? Are you going to, like, set out a plan for me? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want? Soft, medium, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm down there at the bottom of that. <laughs> Give the answer. Um, most of the time, not. Most of the time, my job is to help you expand your thinking because I believe that you have fabulous answers inside of you. And sometimes you just can't even see them. And so my job is to open up that thinking. It's hard to pepper with questions. We can't think of questions. You, you, you've been answering my oh. questions. Oh. So, okay. So can I ask how much this is going to cost? Because I'm a little nervous about money. Yeah. I think for you, because you're nervous about money, that it's probably going to be about $1,000 a month. <laughs> because I really believe that when you're nervous about what you give me, yeah. you bring yourself to a much higher place. Oh. And you value it a lot more. Got and because you value it, your life is going to go to the kitty split. Oh, wow. Dang. Oh, that was a good answer. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good answer. Oh, gosh. What else? Why don't we pepper somebody else? Okay. All right. Well, I'm having trouble thinking of questions. I have to think of some more. So you were talking, um, Cindy, about this authentic life mm-hmm. and that you really liked working with um, with people who were in leadership and they're also moneyed and that you you found that they're not really connected with their soul. I don't understand a clue about what that means. Oh well thank you for asking. Well it's you know it's I think a lot of times in life we um, I think it's a really typical thing for people to go through life a little bit on automatic pilot. So for example, this might be one way that looks you know, we go to college, we graduate, we marry our college sweetheart, we have a child three years later, another child three years later. You know, we're in a profession, we advance, we get promoted, we make more and more money. And then for a lot of people, they get to about, you know, age 45, 50, 60, and they look back and they realize that everything kind of looks fine, but somewhere along the line, they stop making choices. Like maybe at age 40, they have this, like, sudden desire to, like, quit their job and go hiking through the Himalayas, but they never did it because they didn't feel like they could, or maybe their marriage isn't really what they need it to be. And they're having some questions about that relationship. Either do they need to leave it, do they need to strengthen it in some way, what needs to happen with that relationship. Or along the way they let go of friendships that are really important to them. Or their work has sort of lost its meaning. And so it's that sense that we've just kind of been moving forward and we haven't, we've lost touch somewhere along the way of, with what really lights us up just totally lights us up and makes us jump out of bed in the morning, excited about going to work, excited about our relationships, and passionate and alive and on fire for life. And what I want to do is help people reconnect with that. Because I think when people are connected with that fire, they do better work in the world, they tend to serve other people, uh, they have better relationships. Um, ultimately, they, they may or may not make more money, but the money means something. 
because he earned it from a place of heart. So that's what that means to me. Does that make sense? Okay. So they make a lot of drastic changes because of that? Not necessarily. It definitely can be drastic changes, but sometimes it's really small changes within the existing structure. I think sometimes people, the foundation is there. They just need to make small tweaks. And it's really based on person to person. So nobody coming to me is going to be forced to like quit their job and become a monk. I mean, that's that might happen, but that's not necessary. It's really based on what you feel like you need, what's lighting you up, what feels like the right stuff for you. So what if I don't even really know what I want? I just want, I know I'm not really excited about where I am, but I don't have any idea what I would want. A lot of people say that, and I think a lot of people when they're coming into coaching for the first time just have that sense of like, I don't like this, but I have completely lost touch with what I do actually like and enjoy, and I'm not sure what to do about that. And so one of the things that we'll do together is spend some time with that, and um, I have a lot of really cool backdoor ways to start accessing some of the things that you want, and it'll be really surprising to you. Once we get started, you're going to feel stuff start to percolate just a little bit, and maybe it's small at first. Like for some people, it's a sense of, I would really like to be able to leave work and go for a walk for 30 minutes in the sunshine. And it's tiny things that may not seem like they have anything to do with work or family life or whatever, but it's little like bubbling up of desires, of dreams, of things that are unfulfilled, and that usually leads to bigger change. So trust me, when we start talking about this stuff, you're going to start finding things. It may be slow at first, it may take a little time, but we're going to get there together. Yes, that that's awesome. Weird. I felt like I was promising too much. But... No. no I thought you were actually getting into fabulous lifestyle. I thought, oh, yeah. there she goes. Yay. <laughs> well, and that's one of those things where, you know, I think it's good to, you know, obviously you don't want to over-promise. You can't promise someone that their life's going to look a certain way or whatever. But giving them high expectations mm -hmm is really a good thing. Okay. And I liked that you talked about sort of general ways, but then you talked about specifics. Mm -hmm. And then you also said, I have all these cool ideas mm -hmm. that you maybe not haven't thought of. I think, I mean, this is totally coming from our work with Marty. That's the kind of thing that people want to hear. They okay. want to hear that you have some sort of a plan that they don't have access to. And, you know, it becomes tricky because coaching is about bringing out the brilliance of the client. And so you definitely want to do that. But they still want to feel in some way like it's not just this nebulous yeah. thing. Like, oh, yeah, they've got, like, some... And even if it's just, like you said, I've just got some backdoor ways to start to get you to access this. That's not, you know, obviously you don't, you don't want to have, like, a program or a set of steps kind of thing. That's what Marty does, though. Yeah, although Marty does. But one of us believe. But, you, you know, to say, I've got specific ideas that are cool, that I bet you haven't thought of, that are going to help you, and then they go, oh, I don't have that, I don't know what that is, you have that, mm -hmm. I want to go with you. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I have, actually have my list right here. Good. <laughs> and while we were talking, there was this really cute little bird yeah. It was coming up and looking in the window. It looked in this window and then it looked in that Aww. window. And it was like, just looking at this. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to go shop at Dollar Yeah. So. Okay. Awesome. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. I have to tell you, though, that, you know, 
when you were talking the way you were, I was thinking, you know, Alan Joins would be a perfect client for her. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know Alan. We go to church together. Oh, We've known each other for years. Yeah. But he's one of those people that's missing that. I know he, he is. He is really a good good old boy, and he hobnobs, and he, he does have high standards about what he wants for us. I think he's passionate about that. But I do think he's a bit lost. He is a bit lost. And he can really benefit. I mean, I, could, I don't think I could... I don't think I could coach him, but um, I think he could really benefit. I know coaching. he's right there. He really wants. He really wants to connect with his soul in a big way. He's such a good man. He is a good man. He really is. He's very good. But you don't have to coach him. <laughs> I'll seek Jamie on him. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. <laughs> good. Do you want to be peppered in the questions? I'm um, sure. If you feel like like that would. Do something you want to do, or are you ready? Whatever, whatever, you want. whatever you want to do. Um, I'm sort of ready to move on, but if okay. you feel like you want to, and I think you probably have a lot of practice in this already. Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, let's go on to talking about receiving no with no disempowerment. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's taking a big breath. Um, and I think this comes with practice, and you know I will not claim to be an expert at this, but I, I again, as Penny and I were sort of talking about this in preparation for the class, I was saying, you know, I haven't had a chance to test this out, so it's totally in theory, but I feel like because I'm in this place now of being with the people that I really want to be with, that are fun to be with, that you know I have have come to be clients because I just shared what I was up to and that sounded they were like, oh, I want that, that I feel like I would be less disappointed if I shared that with somebody and said, would you like to work with me? And they said, no. <laughs> you know, it's like you'd have a moment of, oh. Yeah. But I think when you're like really owning who you are and what you have to offer, that it becomes a little bit easier. And I don't think anything, you know, everybody's, nobody wants to hear no. But Dave has this really interesting story about how he learned about this, that his, his dad was an insurance salesman. Mm -hmm. And that he told him early on, um, only one in 10 people say yes. And so when someone tells me no, I'm excited about that because I'm one step closer to hearing a yes. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, so not that you have to take on that particular story, but I think having some sort of empowering story around no is probably helpful for getting out of that sort of conditioning, that no means there's something wrong with you, they don't see any value in you, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it's... And I really wonder um, how much Dave does ask. Yeah, and how many times he hears no. I mean, he has people... He's people that do that. That ask do all. I mean, that yeah. he's trying to fill workshops and stuff. He's not out there asking and getting the no's. He's people at work with him are doing that. Right. I don't think he likes that. Yeah. So yeah. So I think this is definitely one of those things where it's you know good in theory and move toward that direction and to say don't ever feel disappointed or like let down when you hear no. 
Laura and I are going to have people working for us that do that. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. About the coaching school. But um, what the exercise is, is to just practice just, you know, like a short 20-second pitch mm -hmm. of saying, you know, oh, I just started doing this coaching and, you know, da-da-da, a couple more sentences. And I'd really like to work with you. Would you like that? Mm -hmm. And for the other person to just say no. And to no explanation, no nothing about, and, and then to then start your pitch again. And so do it like three or four times, and just to hear no, and to be with that. And to maybe notice, you know, how does that feel in your body? What's your story about that? And even though you know it's an artificial situation, yeah, some so of that is still going to come up. Absolutely. And so it's just, the exercise is just getting a little bit more when we're done. used to. When we're done this, we practice dating as well. It's for yeah. Me. It's for me. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to ask people to date you? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, and have them say no, because I need to get better at accepting <laughs> Yeah. Without playing my voodoo doll instead. <laughs> I have to tell you, um, Cindy, that this is the hardest exercise for me. Yeah. Because when I'm trying to um, fill a workshop or something, I cannot tell you how I go, I may have some ideas about who I think would be great in there, and it's everything inside of me to call them. Yeah. I, I am so stopped, and then I just, and then I want to do it all by email. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to hear the no. So, this is a really hard one for me. Yeah. And I don't want to go into, it's ego stuff is what it is. Mm -hmm. So do you want to stand up and do it, or do you want to just sit down? Stand up. We can sit. We're still at the coffee shop. All right. Can <sighs> I go first and get out of the way? Yeah, I do. Okay. But I, I don't know how to get this inside of me, move. Um, well, guys, I'm, I've got this great workshop coming up. Y'all know I lead a lot of workshops. and. I've really been thinking lately about what would be the most powerful thing I could leave that people would have magical transformation. And I've got this um, this event coming up. It's a it's a three day event, and I really thought about you all um, to ask to be in it because I know what a difference it would make for you. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! The coffee was good. <laughs> that, it's hard to say no to you. Like, uh, I want to I follow it up with stuff. It's hard to just say no. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming for coffee because I've been thinking a lot about you recently and I've been doing a lot of work on creating a really magical workshop. It's a three-day workshop. It's life-changing. And I know how powerful it is, and I know what you're up to, and uh, I think you'd love it. And it's $1,000, but that is such money good, sp well spent, and I'd love to have you participate. No. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> Can I just make a recommendation here? I mean, I know you're... you're Playing and you're, you know, some of that is that real emotion, but it's sort of that it whole is thing. Real emotion. Yeah, but it's sort of that whole thing about your 
you know, your words creating your reality and your actions are creating your reality. And I think even though you're kind of playing, that you're probably not helping yourself by doing that. So just my recommendation, thoughts. You're right. Okay, give me a moment. Mm -hmm. Hi guys, thanks for coming to coffee today because you all are good friends of mine and um, I really want to tell you about what's up that I want to invite you to participate and that is that I've just recently created this fabulous three-day um, retreat and it's about um, getting your spiritual life aligned with your dreams and desires and goals and um, I know how powerful it's going to be and you know I'd love to have you participate. It's $1,000 for the weekend, and it's money really well spent. No. It was yeah. hard to say no. Yeah. That's that was good. the best so far. Mm -hmm. And you know, you were a little bit less sort of bubbly about it, but it felt so authentic and so grounded. And as I was sitting here prepping to say no, I was thinking to myself, you know, you were saying this is play, but real things will come up. And things that were coming up was, you know, but I was thinking, you know, I've got so much travel come right now, it's tough, but I'm really intrigued by this. I thought, um, it doesn't feel quite like the right time for me, but I really want to be on your mailing list. And I thought, God, a thousand bucks is a little bit more than I can afford right now, but you know, maybe six months from now I can afford that. So I had all those things lining up, even though it was just a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a no, like, your idea sucks. It was a no, like, God, this is really interesting, but right now isn't the right time. That was really interesting. Yeah. And it was the way you were delivering it. it was just I felt so pulled in, like I really wanted to do it, but I just knew it wasn't. Quite it right. felt like you were really owning the value of it. Uh -huh. Like I'm not trying to give you the sell about why this is so valuable. I'm just I know it's valuable, and I want you to have that. Oh. And you were that really came across this time, and I think that's really powerful. But that's way more powerful than the sell. Did it feel different to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Because uh, this workshop lives in me already, mm -hmm. and so I'm not telling you about something I don't know anything about. Yeah. But um, yeah, it did feel different. Mm -hmm. It did feel different, and I wasn't as attached to it. Yeah, I think that's a really big piece of this. Is yeah. that whole you know thing about how do you really care about something passionately and then hold it lightly and not right. in, in attachment, right. and that you know moving in that direction yeah. can help you not feel like I have to have this person and so then the pressure's on you, the pressure's on them. It's like, no, I'm just offering it and then you get to choose and then I think that's that's helpful to people. Yeah, like you said, not right now, but soon. Yeah. And that, you know, again, sort of jumping ahead, but that whole thing about there's all kinds of different studies that people have to hear something like seven times or I think it's seven times before they'll before it sort of hits. So if you ask somebody one time, do you want to come to my event? And they say no, and then you never ask them again because they said no. If you ask them with no pressure, no attachment, I'm just offering this because I want to contribute to you, um, and then you ask them again, and then you ask them again, there's probably a good chance that somewhere down the line they're going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And that's for me the hard thing. Like I don't like hearing the no. And once they've said no, that whole, you know, doing what I just said yeah. is, I mean, 
I'm doing better on it, but that's that's sort of my gruff edge. It's, well, they said no once. I don't want to, like, bug them. Yeah. And it's like, but if you're just... I have that I don't want to bug them conversation, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Can I... I have two things popping up, if it's okay to offer about that. Um, and I'm not good at this either, but these are the things I'm learning. One is um, my friend Kristen. You know Kristen Whiting? Mm -hmm. You know Kristen. She's been going through Landmark, and she was having this, you know, these little sessions where she was inviting her friends to come and just learn about Landmark. And I went to one, and my friend Cheryl decided not to go. And Kristen, I think, asked us, look, I don't want to keep asking you for to this if you really aren't interested in Landmark. So if you're just completely not interested in Landmark, just tell me right now, and I will... I won't ask you anymore. But if you think you might be interested, I do want to keep you on my mailing list. And it was really helpful because it was just right out there. Yeah. Like if it's if you're saying, you know what, if you're not at all interested in these kinds of workshops at all, just just go ahead and tell me. I'll take you off my list. It's no big deal. But if you think you might be, I'm gonna keep showing up. And that's a really great. Yeah. yeah really great. That's yeah. really a good it idea. It was helpful. And it gave me permission just to say, you know what, I'm just not interested. It's not really my thing. But thank you for asking me. She was like, cool, and she, it was not a big deal, and our friendship was fine, so it was nice. Very good. The other thing that I heard, um, this is actually a river run, and Paul Schneider was here, the actor guy. He was talking about how he, he said, I, he said, I acted in about one movie a year. He was doing this Q&A, and he said, the, other, the rest of the time, I do photography. I'm going back to school. I love to do a lot of reading. I do little projects with my friends. I play drums. I'm learning to play guitar or whatever. He said, and I always keep something else going on, even if I'm not making money at it. So when I go for, in for auditions, I'm not like, oh, my God, I need this job. It's like I go in, and, and I and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, and this afternoon, I'm going to go home and try that new piece on my guitar, and then I'm going to do some photography later. It's like you always have something else. Mm -hmm. So you don't come in smelling of desperation, mm -hmm. yeah. and you know your life is full and complete. If you get the job, great. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And that was super helpful to me. Like, so this job with Wake Forest, like, today, I'm like, I just let it go. They want me. They want me. If they don't, it's fine. And I probably will freak out at some point, but right now... This well, you point. know what? I don't think you will. Yeah. Because you're so grounded in how you want your life to look right now, and if they can't accommodate you in that, you don't want it. Nope. And so you're not attached. I don't right. really don't think you're attached. Thanks. You mm -hmm. just have to keep remembering, no, I don't live like that way anymore. Right. That is the, that is the academic setting, so it hooks me. That's how I do life that way. Right. And I don't think that working with people in that the capacity that you would be in that job serves them. Yeah. yeah. When you're attached like that. Exactly. I think you bring the perfect things to that job. Thank you. And if they don't see it, then their model needs to change. It does. Yeah. Their model may not be right for me. And that's probably why you're better for that than your friend mm -hmm. who's locked up in that. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think you're on the leading edge of all this. <laughs> Do you see yourself that way? Um, it's okay if we talk about this. I don't want to get to Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, this, is yeah. The, okay. this is the marketing process. This is the, the sharing process. Okay, so cool. We're doing that now. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I do. And um, again, I, I have some minor crises of confidence. I was writing my cover letter and I was like, wow, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I was kind of doing that. And I was minimizing some things, and I was like, no, make them bigger, don't minimize here, and I was kind of doing that conversation. So I do, and, um, you know, the thing I really wanted them to hear was that this is not, and I've said this to you all, I think, this is not just about, you know, anti-sexual assault programming. This is about coming in and radically changing the way 
we're asking women to relate to themselves as human beings and helping them find their authentic voice and their authentic power, and that's what I'm about. And I said that throughout my resume. I said it throughout my cover letter. And it was that feeling like if they hire me, there's a little part of me going, oh, shit, and then I have to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. And if I go in for an interview, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, but I'll figure it out, and it'll come to me. But So, yeah, I feel like I feel like it, I would be a good addition to them, and I they may or may not be ready for that. They may yes. want to have – like I look at – I've been looking at different women's centers, and you can see a huge difference. Some are very traditional and are very like, you know, we have this nice programming, and we have these very pleasant things, and it's all very calm, and it's all within the framework of where it exists. And some are like, booyah, we're feminists. That's right, bitches. You know, it's this feeling like, whoa, can we get it? You're powerful. You know, it's this feeling they're big and they're edgy, and, and that's the kind of thing I'd want to create. Wake me or me not. I don't think you do yeah, no. I think you want to create a model that's different from that. Yeah. That's a reactionary model. Yes, that's you're right. not a I'm claiming my femininity is you know, powerful. You're right. you're that's right. who you are. Yeah. I yeah. don't ever see you being on the edge out there where the that's a good way to feel when you're really getting unconfident, but it's otherwise it's not you. <laughs> that's right, thank you. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, so it's even beyond that. It's something bigger than that. It's and a different so. model. And you could even say that. Yeah. What I offer is a different model from this and this. Yeah. Thank you, Penny. Yeah. That's who you are. Yeah. And I couldn't help thinking when you were saying, and I don't know how I'm going to do that, that that's the total, like, be up to something in your life that's making you a little bit yeah, nervous. it's making my Cause it's, Yeah, because it's yeah. like, you know, it growing into something edge. that you don't already know how to do. And right. that that is definitely, in my mind, a function of having an awesome, authentic life, is that if you only do the things you know how to do and that you're comfortable with, boring. Yeah, Like, that's so safe, but how boring is that? And that, yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking to go out on the edge of what you know how to do and go, I don't know how to do this. Or to figure it out. It's going to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, and they were saying, you know, sort of the the dating analogy. I mean, it's totally a dating analogy of... And that whole thing of, you know, you want you don't want to be with just anybody. You want to be with the person who's the good fit for you, but it doesn't mean that you're happy necessarily, traditionally, to hear, you know, somebody... I mean, it's, it's perverse that we do this all the time. We want the good opinion of people that we don't particularly respect. And it's like, how do you care? You don't respect them. Right. But it's just, you know, it's sort of that social conditioning that we want everyone to like us and we want everybody, you know, on board. And yeah. I don't know. And like I, I said, I'm, I'm definitely um, not a master at this either. It's, it's a learning thing. But So you could practice this mm-hmm. conversation that we're practicing from the perspective of I'm in there talking to them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tell you, yeah, I'm not sure we want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you can totally tell yourself, okay, yeah, it's a little disappointing and a little not nice to have them say, this is not our vision for this at all. Mm-hmm. But then the other hand is, do you want to work there if their vision is so different no, from yours? Doesn't. Of course not. not at all. And so that's really the same thing with clients or people in a workshop or people that you're trying to get to buy your book or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that if they're not a match for you, you really don't want them. And I'm thinking, too, about, this just sort of came to me, and, you know, Randa put on a bunch of workshops, went and put on a bunch of them. But if you had a bunch of people that you sort of coerced to be there, 
Think how horrible that would be. That is my every Wednesday morning from 8.30 to 11.30 working at the city. It's exactly that. And yeah. It is, it is so hard. I, and, it's just so And you sad. know, it's interesting because Jamie's talked about that at our last meeting. And what she said was she's had one workshop where maybe there were 70 people. She said, but what she got out of that was that uh, 30 or 40% of them were not people she wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. And they were a drag for the workshop. Yeah. And it was not fun because of that. Um, and I think that we're having that same conversation. Yeah. We don't want to put all our energy into people who don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Or they're skeptical. or mm -hmm. Right. Although she is really good at speaking of Jamie. Really masterful. At, you know, sometimes people immediately go to no because they have money stories or time stories or I don't need that stories or whatever. And sometimes another thing about no, I think, and again, not that I've had vast experience of this, but having watched her do it, is to sort of go, okay, like that's your first response. And let me see if I can say, not to pressure you, but like another sentence or two that can help you get in touch with why you might want to get past your initial reaction. Mm -hmm. And then they might also continue to say, no, really no. And then you go, okay. Okay. But um, but I think that, you know, and again, that's I think part of the dance of this, is getting to feel, is this just like a habitual no? Or, or is there, are you perhaps seeing a nugget for them when you can help them see what they might get out of this for themselves if they're not already seeing that for themselves? Then that's helpful. I think one of the things, and you've probably experienced this, Cindy, I don't know, but... Um, one of the things she does that we're not including in this is she she's saying, "Can I have? I've got this workshop. Can we have a conversation about it?" Yeah. She asks right up front, and then if they say yes, she says, "Well, let's talk a little bit about you. What's going well in your life? What areas of your life are really causing you challenge right now?" And she gets about three, and then she says, "Well." You know, I've got this experience coming up that could probably, not probably, she would never use probably, that would definitely impact the fact that you're struggling with your finances, that maybe your marriage is in trouble, and blah, 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 whatever the third thing would be. She just puts it out there based on what it is they want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that may be a powerful piece of this marketing yeah. conversation. I think so. Um, I'll never forget one time I sat down with these two guys, they were networking people with me, and they were both in sales. And and I did that, I did that. I says, I just want to know a little bit about you all because we see each other every week, but I don't know what's going on in your life. Tell me some things that are happening. And then what are the things that you're really wanting to make happen right now? And then we had that conversation from that perspective. And those two guys in sales looked at each other and said, that's how it's done. Nice. And I felt so connected. I felt so sure. I knew I could make a difference. Yeah. yeah. In that those areas that they were struggling with. Now, unfortunately, one of them happened to be an alcoholic, and I didn't know that. And he had an alcoholic binge, and then that ended our relationship. But. Mm. But again, that's coming from your actual desire to serve them, serve. rather than your desire to sell them. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. That's a really good So it's really connecting with, I have something that I think could be beneficial to you, and I'm offering it to you, rather than, I need your money, and, I, you know, you could probably get something out of this, but, yeah. Yeah.
and that I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed and broke if you say no. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that when I was working at Guilford, I was working in missions, and I've never liked sales. Like, that's always just like the whole, you know, kind of jumpy stuff. Um, and so I really, I was committed to offering Guilford to people, and I was committed to telling them if I didn't think Guilford was the right fit for them as well. And so I would say that, you know, when I was interviewing students or working with students and, and they were unsure, I would say, well, you know what, it might not be the right fit for you. And, you know, this is what Guilford is. And if you are not wanting those things, then, you know, you may be better off at, you know, George Mason or Bridgewater or whatever or Elon. And, and people really appreciated that. And when you say, this is what it is, does that appeal to you? Do you feel like that's a fit for you? Again, you start. They start saying. They start selling themselves mm-hmm. on it versus mm-hmm. you having to do it. Yeah. And I really found that when I told students that, when I was just honest about what Guilford was, like it's not everybody's cup of tea. They really liked it. Like they didn't feel like they were being sold a product. And so the same thing, like with your workshop, or you know, you know, this may not be the right fit for you, but I'd really like to find out if it is. So let's talk a little bit about what you're wanting. Here's what I offer. What do you want? How do those fit together? And there's something liberating about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think people really appreciate that. And again, it's that sort of talking about the subtext, talking about, you know, the elephant in the room, like what's really going on kind of thing. Right. And, and yeah, yeah, that it's real. And there's so little, you know, real in all our reality Absolutely. world that I think people resonate with that. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you guys too. This is really a helpful conversation. I haven't been said no to yet. Oh, would you like? Let's do you want to do it from the perspective of the white woman? I don't know. That almost feels like maybe he has bad mojo. Do you think? Mm-hmm. John. I think if you think that's not the right time to practice yeah. that, then that's not the right time to practice that. Yeah. I think that's right, and because I actually do feel very detached from it. Like I don't. If they if I don't hear from them, mm-hmm. I think I'll be a little disappointed. My ego will be disappointed, but I don't really care at this point. You know what I mean? I'm like, I might, I might not. You may already have somebody picked out, and that's not, that's not my problem. So, I'm going to rock at this job. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so just do a brief okay. 20, 30 seconds okay. um, sharing something that you would like to share that okay. we will then shoot down in flames. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, so, you know, one of the things I've been doing lately, one of my new entrepreneurial efforts is to be doing coaching and so really it's working one-on-one with people to help them get really clear on what it is they want what it is they'd like to create in their lives and um, I act as a partner to help people facilitate that process of developing a life of their dreams and I would really love to work with you if you'd be interested mm, no. how much is it uh, about 500 a month I know no. it's 500 a month okay I can do that okay okay and again okay um, so one of the things I've been working on lately is developing my coaching practice, and so I'm taking on just a very select number of clients, like two to three clients. Uh, I charge 500 a month, and what I do is I'm at your disposal throughout the month. I almost said disposable. <laughs> I'm at your disposable. I'm at your disposable throughout the month. Uh, we'll meet formally about four times, and then through the rest of the month I'm available by email or phone check-ins just to make sure things are going well. I'd really love to help you transform your life. Mm. Yeah. No. Do I do it one more time or are you good? Okay. I'm, I'm feeling all right about this. 
not bad. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I get more time for naps. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good thing. I mind with. <laughs> yeah, more time for naps. I don't need to be that successful. Um, okay. So uh, one new thing I'm offering is an e-course, and it starts in about two months, and it's going to run about six weeks, and it's all around getting in touch with your soul's desire. Uh, it's going to be about uh, $200, I'm thinking, for the six weeks. It's going to involve, you know, some classroom time, but it's also going to involve a little work you're doing your own. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be super creative and very dynamic, and I already have about 15 amazing people lined up for it, and I just wanted to see if you'd be interested. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Yes. I feel okay. Good. Right. Good for you. Going yeah. last is better. Going oh. last again. <laughs> <laughs> you can process it all. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. You're just not a fit for me. It's cool. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. start a yeah. practice? Do you want to? Um, sure. Let me, let me just do it one time. Okay. Just so that we have time to finish up the other things. Yeah. But yeah, I will, I will practice once. Um, let's see. Like I want to have something specific. Okay. Well, this this is. I won't preface it. I'm gonna say this is silly, but that's the one that's coming to mind. So I'm um, starting up this new radio program. It's on this this um, internet channel called um, Amazing Women of Power, and it's called Create Your Life Radio, and it's about 15 minutes uh, with me sharing a really powerful nugget that's small that people can. I'm intending for them to use it in the moment to like come with an idea of, of something that they're working on and to use that nugget to, um, to really impact their life. And I've started up a Facebook group that's going to be a part of this for people to share. Is, would you like to be a part of my Facebook group? No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of that, but really... Yeah, but it's not, I mean, it doesn't have the, ugh, that yeah. it, you know, that it used to have. Yeah, that's good. And I, yeah, I, I really like that idea of, like, I only want to have in my world people who are a fit for me. And if you're not a fit for me, that doesn't say anything about me or about you necessarily. It just means we're not a fit. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, looking at it that way feels empowering to me. Yeah. Very good. So, anything else about what we have talked about so far? We're getting pretty close to the end of the time here. Or anything that's kind of along the lines of what we've taught ourselves today? Anything that really stood out for you as particularly um, useful or powerful or helpful? I think it's all been useful and powerful and helpful. And, um, and I found myself during um, the rest of the time after talking about the leaders of nonprofits about, you know, that sounds sort of exciting to me and that yeah. feels exciting to me. And, um, and I know that's what I'm up to. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Very good. I, I feel really comforted because, um, you know, I feel a little bit sometimes like, I need marketing help. I need marketing ideas. How do I get this out there? And 
and really I think it's it just always comes back to that authenticity it's coming from an authentic place it's truthful it's honest mm-hmm. and then the rest you can kind of let go I don't think there's a lot of you can certainly do a lot of mental and physical gymnastics around marketing um, but I really like just the simplicity of like just tell the truth yeah and I really like the, the thing that I again even though I've heard this a couple times is to be saying it a lot. Mm-hmm. So not just with the people that you think might be interested. Because mm-hmm. you're not selling them, you're just telling them what you're up to. And tell all kinds of people mm-hmm. about that. And it was like, oh yeah, I kind of heard that again mm-hmm. um, in a different way. Mm-hmm. That, you know, well, there's so many situations where people are like, well, what's new? And, you know, not in every situation that do they really want to know. But if it's like a friend of Daryl's or something, I don't necessarily always do that. But I could. Mm-hmm. And who knows who it would connect with. Absolutely. So, Or that they would know someone or whatever. Yeah. Because that's, that's sort of shifting gears again down into the, the what else about marketing. That was one of the things that did really stick out for me from Marty's class is that when you're clear about what you offer, it makes it a whole lot easier for other people to be clear, and then they know who to refer you, to, who to refer to you. Right. So it's like, well, you know, I know this person is a coach, and I don't really know what they do. I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, but I don't know. You might want to call them. I mean, that's a lot less likely to happen than this person. You know, works with um, leaders of nonprofits and really helps them. You know, women leaders to really get in touch with who they are so that they can be the most effective in their job. Boom. Match. Dad, that did sound good. Write that down. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has a lot of possibility for you because yeah. you know a lot of people in Winston and sale. Yeah. That would just be, yeah, there's lots of possibilities there. I know, I've just found myself sitting here thinking about Alan Joy. And, you know, what, what, trips my trigger is I want to coach people who make a difference Mm -hmm. and you know I see him wanting to make a difference and I also see that he's maybe struggling in his life you know and I'm sitting here thinking you know I'm old enough to coach him and not get hooked by any of that shit no exactly and well and that it all it all goes together someone is probably going to be more effective at their desire to contribute to others when all their crap of their less than perfect life gets ironed out a little bit and then they can focus. I mean, that's sort of Dave's whole point is I want people to get happy, learn how to manage their lives, get filled up, and then they can go out and like, you know, bless the world. Yes. And that when you're all consumed with your own problems and I'm stuck and I'm unhappy and da 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 you're less likely to contribute because you're trying to sort through all your own crap. Right. So... And his thing, too, I think why you should call him and talk to him about this, is that um, he, you know, the election's in 2013, and he's running for this fourth term, and he really, in his mind, that's going to be his last term. And, like, with no re-election issues, and at the point that he is in his life, I just see him able to just, like, drop all the, like, no pun intended, the political crap. Yeah. And just be Alan Joins and rock it, you know, just to really be there. So he's right there. He really wants to move forward, so. Maybe I will. Yes. Maybe that's your your big fish to. Maybe it is. I would 
I would feel comfortable asking for a thousand dollars a month, even oh, though yeah. I don't think Alan is wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's doing all right. I would ask him to do that because it would mean that he would have to step up to the plate. Exactly. Yeah. Yay. And that is, I mean, I know we've talked about that throughout a little bit, but I think that is a good point, is that people really value, you know, what their, I mean, money is a representation of energy. And if you're not willing to spend very much money, you're not willing to put that much of yourself into it. It's not that valuable to you. I was thinking about um, someone who was saying that, that, who didn't have a lot of money, who went and did some work with somebody who had kind of a sliding scale, and she said, I thought of um, what I thought I could afford to pay, and then I doubled it. And I was like, damn, like that's someone who's yeah. playing, you know, really playing full out, yep. like pushing themselves, and like this is really important to me, and gosh, I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, that's good. Very good. Anything else? No. Oh, I just want to throw out this is, and we'll we'll continue to sort of have these little marketing bits and pieces as we go along. Um, but something else that was on that list of things that Marty had said that I thought was interesting, um, and it wasn't helpful to me until I was clearer about who I wanted to play with, kind of thing. But if you're looking for, it, the idea was to help you to figure out. Who, you, who sort of your ideal client is. And then to, well, to think about, I'm sorry, I'm being so, going in 10 directions at once. Um, so it's sort of have an idea of who you think your ideal client might be or who you'd like to have, who you've enjoyed working with in the past mm-hmm. to inform who your ideal client might be. And then to think of 10, she says 10 problems they might have. But 10 things that you could help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, areas of, I don't want to say issues, because then you're getting into all these, like, they have problems, you can fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the yes. tensions, I think, yeah. for coaches, is that we don't want to be problem-oriented. Mm-hmm. We're not there to remediate. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, until people have tried it, that's the mindset they're coming from is what's my pain. That's where I'm willing to spend my time and my money is to alleviate this pain. Mm-hmm. So how do you address that, you know, as a coach without going yeah. into, you know. But if you have an idea of you can reframe it in some other way, what are the, the areas of their life that you could help them make even better rather than what's their problem mm-hmm. or whatever? But that's a possible way to, to think about, you know, well, who would I want to ask to be in my programs? Or who would I want to ask to work with me? Mm-hmm. I thought that cool. was a good just kind of exercise to mm-hmm. get clearer about that. Okay. Anything else before we close for today? Thanks for the powerful coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sort of... Um, so next week we are on, right? Yes. And you're... I'm here next week. Here. Yeah. But the week you leave shortly after that, right? Mm-hmm. A day or two after that? Uh, well, Sunday I drive up to Roanoke, so... My new auto frame is... 
I know, I'm getting nervous. This is something that you've planned with somebody? My and mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's her retirement. And it's not with any kind of group or anything? No. Awesome. So we'll have a little time. I'll think about it a little bit and confer with Penny a little bit in between. But... Um, we perhaps you're gonna be gone for two weeks, right? You know, I will, and I believe this is we can talk about it next week. The week, and then the following Friday, I'm teaching a class for AHEC. Okay. So I actually have three weeks. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know what we want to do about that, but we can talk about it next time. What are the options? Well, I don't know. Um, well, what, from my perspective, one of the options would be. To not meet for three weeks, but to have some sort of reading or other assignments in between to sort of keep the ball rolling and maybe even plan, you know, a certain day to, you know, be in the group and talk or something. Um, or we could meet, you know, one or... I don't want to have three classes without you, but we could meet one class without you... And then let you catch up. Mm -hmm. Although, well, I don't. I like your idea of something to do in the three-week interim, which may be a little bit hard for you if you're out of the country. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do much. While yeah, I'm gone. that's. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that's that's a possibility, and of course, Megan's not here to to talk about this, is you have started doing a little bit of coaching, and this might be the chance for her to start doing a little bit of coaching in that time and then that she can then check with me or check with Penny about questions or things that, you know, and then when we come back, that's something we can do is to talk a little bit specifically about how are you feeling about your coaching, how's it going, where are you feeling stuck, where would you like to feel great more solid. And that's something that you've already done a little bit of so you don't have to feel like, oh gosh, how am I going to squeeze that into my... That's a great idea. And then... Um, and there's another possibility that somewhere after you're over your jet lag a little bit but not back here yet is maybe a conference call for 30 minutes or something. Use a conference line and yeah. catch up and have a topic that you bring a couple ideas to. Mm -hmm. Something that reconnects us in that time. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. And sit down two good. hours. Okay. Very good. Well, let's, uh, I like that idea. So if you will post something in the group, Cindy, about when you're back and when you, you know, sort of maybe some proposed times of when you might be able to do that. Okay. Um, to have a call. And it, it could be in the evening if it's a 30-minute mm -hmm. call. Yeah. But um, my preference is usually for daytime. But yeah, no, I like daytime. we'll see how that goes and see if we can figure out a time to do that so that um, okay. that we're not off for quite so long. That's good. And I'll talk to Megan when she's back in town about some of the specifics of that. Sounds good. Very good.